Hello, and welcome to the Mother Birth Podcast, where we navigate the terrains of women's health and maternal well-being through the lens of yoga therapy and Ayurveda. I am Leanne Matulo, and I'm a perinatal yoga therapist, a doula, writer, creative entrepreneur, teacher, and mother. I'll be your guide as we excavate the mysteries of conscious conception, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, mothering in all its forms, and matters of the feminine. I'm so glad that you're here. Hello, hello. Welcome to Mother Birth. I am so honored that you're here. I'm so honored that you are listening maybe for the first time or yet again, as this is the fourth episode of Mother Birth. And I'll be super honest, when I was playing with the idea of creating this podcast, originally what I wanted to do was actually talk about different practices from around the world on how we conceive healthy children, on what practices these different cultures do, what rituals they have around pregnancy and birth and postpartum, because I find it so fascinating. Uh, And what I found as I was digging more and more into that is that a lot of the practices that are utilized are actually very similar. There's, There's nuances, different ways of practicing belly wrapping, for instance, or belly binding postpartum. Um, slightly different foods for preparing for pregnancy, that preconception phase. But a lot of the the innate wisdoms of the world, and I'll attribute part of this awareness to Rochelle Garcia Saliga of innate traditions, uh, they're all very similar. And so I still want to do that. I still want to bring people on to talk about different practices around the world and different practices of of different cultures and indigenous peoples of how we support this time, the perinatal continuum, and also people who support this work of, of really allowing the physiological process of pregnancy and birth and postpartum to take place. I still want to interview all these people. And the reality is I actually found that I had a lot to say myself. So We'll see how this season goes. I I imagine there'll be a few more episodes of this first season. And I imagine that all of these or most of these will be solo casts. So me sharing the wisdom as it has been been passed down to me, quite honestly, quite frankly. And the wisdoms that I have gained from my, my own experiences and that with working with so many other women, pregnant people, birthing people, but people I work with typically will identify as women, mothers, parents, uh, really it's, it's those experiences. So again, I'm just really honored that I'm in your ears, or if you're watching on YouTube and you see me and my dog, <laughs> that you're here because these conversations, of course, they, they matter to me, but I think that they, no, I know that they matter to humanity, that they're really important to the health of whole societies and next generations, and also the health of not just humanity and and the humans, but the land and nature and the planet as as we know it. So thank you for being here. And with that, today what I'd really like to talk about is what is yoga therapy? Because as I've shared that the topics we have covered already and that we will cover are really seen through the lens of yoga therapy and Ayurveda. And a lot of us are might not know what that is. You know, you might have an idea of what yoga therapy is, um, and maybe it is in alignment with your thoughts, and maybe it's actually quite different. 
so where to begin? <laughs> where to begin with what is yoga therapy? Because it's so vast and so specific at the same time. Yoga therapy is not new. That's something that I really want everyone to know is that whereas this is a new pioneering field in the way that we do health and healthcare as as we know it, yoga therapy is not new. And just like yoga and Ayurveda, these are very, very old traditions, you know, 5,000 years plus. And the yoga that we typically see in the West actually has very little to do with yoga. It's like a very small portion. The asana is such a small piece of yoga and the movement is so beautiful and so necessary. And it really supports, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment, all these other areas, all these other layers, but it is a very small piece. And so what I see in terms of a lot of times yoga studios, and I'll say this because I taught in a studio and I owned a studio, is that there isn't as much space to teach even if you're trying about all of the elements of yoga, unless somebody's going through a teacher training, but where I actually find that you receive more of this wisdom is in a yoga therapy setting. And oftentimes we come to yoga therapy because we are experiencing some sort of challenge or hardship, whether that is of the physical body, of the emotional body, of the spirit. And maybe one day it won't be that way, but that's typically how most of us find the space is that we are really faced with something difficult. Difficult, And for me, it was fertility, uh, for some people, it might be anxiety, or it might be uh, yeah, some some trauma in the past, traumatic birth, an injury, um, fatigue, autoimmune. It might just there's so many different ways you might enter into this field of yoga therapy. The big the big reality is that it's not new. And the other piece to this is, you know, who is a yoga therapist? You know, I have introduced myself in some settings and said. You know, I practice yoga therapy or I am a yoga therapist and people will say, oh, like mindfulness or like, oh, I am too. And we'll start talking and nah, like maybe, maybe there, there's a different understanding and not as much awareness of, of what it is. And so is a yoga therapist, a marriage and family therapist, or, you know, a social worker who does yoga? No. Is it somebody who is licensed in those professions or in physical therapy and has a yoga certification? No. Uh, is it somebody who has practiced yoga for a really long time and maybe doesn't have that certification, but has studied with many, many teachers for many, many years, perhaps? Yoga therapists are not, you don't come into this field by simply getting a yoga certification and by practicing yourself. Because as I said, what we're actually missing is it a lot of the other pieces of yoga. And so what yoga therapy actually is, is a healing modality that uses the tools of yoga, much like a physical therapist uses their tools or a mental health therapist uses their tools. We're using the tools of yoga to help a person facilitate their own healing process. So some yoga therapists will identify with the term as healer. I do. I, I do identify that. The only issue I have with the word is that I'm not healing people. I am guiding them in practices that will facilitate their own healing process, that they are doing the healing on their own body, their own minds, their own hearts. It's very important. And the idea of yoga therapy is that eventually you're not reliant on somebody all of the time to support you. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have teachers. I have teachers for life that I will always sit with. It may not be every week, but I will always sit with them 
to learn, to be in that energy, to continue to study this ancient wisdom because it is it is for life. Like I will not even touch the the vast knowledge of these these traditions in my lifetime. And so it's really important to continue to have your teachers. But my idea is when people practice with me or they work with me to get pregnant, to heal their fertility, to move towards their birth, to heal from postpartum, to support their mental health, to support uh, chronic pain or fatigue, that the idea is that they'll have really solid tools and they won't need me anymore. That maybe we'll check in every couple of months, but after you know three to six months, we'll have done what we needed to do in that, that amount of time, maybe every week, meeting every week. And they'll feel really, I don't love the word empowered, but they'll feel really empowered and confident and that they can go out into the world using the tools that we've been cultivating. So what are those tools? Well, asana, the posture is a part of it, but not the only piece of it. And actually movement, um, asana means posture in Sanskrit. And the movement, it's not like a vinyasa class, you know, we're not doing like this grand, uh, huge practice with, actually they are huge practices, but they don't necessarily have 50, 60 postures. There might be like three or five if you're doing one of my videos that are specific to the perinatal period, there might be like 10 to 15, but in a yoga therapy one-on-one setting, it's, it's less is more when it comes to postures, less is more. And so, yes, that's a piece of it, but we're also using mantra and mudra and we're using different forms of meditation, or I should say varying degrees of meditation uh, we're using the philosophy, we're incorporating the philosophies of the Vedic lineages, of the Vedic traditions. And the Vedas are the scriptures where yoga and Ayurveda come from. And those are, again, 5,000 years old plus, you know, they're very old scriptures. But we're using all of these pieces and parts, and maybe not all of them. Maybe somebody comes to me and they're not comfortable using mantra, or they're not comfortable using mudra or they're not comfortable in certain postures fine like we we work with what that client and what that individual what you are comfortable with but the idea is we have all of these pieces at our disposal again to support the healing of the whole person and that leads me to the next point of what yoga therapy is i'm gonna take a sip of my tea <laughs> it's also incredibly hot here today hmm. today in rhode island so i'm drinking some some cooler tea. I'm usually a hot tea person, some Tulsi and spearmint tea. Ah, okay. So what yoga therapists do is we use what's called the Panchamaya Kosha model to treat, to provide treatment plans for individuals. And Pancha means five. Okay. Maya means a veil or an illusion. Maybe one day we'll have a podcast all about Maya because it's so fascinating. Maybe I'll bring somebody in and talk about it because they would be able to articulate it much better than I would. And then the final piece, kosha, which is probably the most important word for you to know, is layer. Okay, layer or sheath or covering, all right? And it's really interesting because there are five layers of what it means to be human according to the Panchamaya Kosha model. However, all of these layers are not necessarily who you are. Okay, they they contribute to the health of your human form, but at the very center most of all of those layers that we're going to talk about is the true self known as Atman. And what the yoga tradition, and this might be going very in-depth, what the yoga tradition is offering is that there are so many veils over who we actually are. And by healing and working with these layers of the koshas, we're actually learning to recognize 
and touch that innermost self that is always loving and at peace and joyful and radiant and courageous and compassionate, right? Like we're learning how to touch that self that is always there, but might be covered by veils, by Maya. Ah, isn't that just so beautiful? So let's briefly go through the koshas. And if you already listened to the podcast on conscious conception, this is going to sound familiar, which could be beautiful to, to reiterate. So there are five layers that I'm looking at as yoga therapist, and I'm really encouraging the clients that I work with and anybody that I come in contact with uh, in my life, you know, if we're talking about health and healing, that there's more to you than just your physicality, but that's the first layer. So the first layer is Anamaya Kosha. Anamaya means like the food body, you know, the, the physical body. And so here's where we're assessing the things that make you physically well, okay? Not not the things that make you, but what you see. So we're looking at the health of your physical body, your movement, your exercise practices. Are they contributing to more fatigue, more injury? Are those exercise practices actually giving you life? Uh, are they too intense? Are they not, not enough? You know, we're looking at what movement is like in your life. We're looking at your environment. We're looking at your connection with nature, the foods that you're eating, not classifying clean or dirty or whatever food, not that, but what are the foods like for your body? This is where Ayurveda comes in. I'll talk about that in a little bit. And did I say your connection to nature, your connection to nature, if I didn't say that already. Uh, so all these pieces, not only what food you're eating, but also how you're eating it. Okay. If you're like rushing to eat or if you're uh, afraid to eat food. Um, so all of those would be Anamaya Kosha. And this is what we see as yoga, the movement, uh, practice piece of it, the vinyasa, the hot power yoga. We think that that is yoga and that is not yoga. The postures are a way, they're a vehicle to help us access innermost self, but that's not where we stop. And it's really important that we're, we are using the right the right postures for where we are in our lives, the right tempo, which for many of us is not fast, uh, the right intensity or lack thereof. Okay. So we would assess all of this. So treatment plans never look the same. So that's, that's the physical. And then we move in a layer and we move into the pranamaya kosha and pranamaya is the breath body. Okay. So prana is the life force. You've heard of maybe pranayama if you're a yoga practitioner. So the, the breath work, all right? And so we're looking at the individual's energy. We're noticing how you breathe, where you breathe, where the, where the breath is stuck. We're noticing what the life force is like, you know, what your energy levels are like, why that might be. Uh, and this is something that is very much missing from a lot of allopathic medicine. Like who is actually looking at the way that you're breathing? You know, a lot of, a lot of practices will say it doesn't matter. And that's ludicrous. Like that's absolutely insane because you'll notice that the way you breathe is different when you're anxious or nervous than it is when you're sleeping. There's a reason for that. And there's a way that we can actually cultivate the breath to really affect the emotional state, the physical body, the energy body, all of it. All right. So pranamaya kosha. I also, you know, there's some, there's some play, there's some fluidity between koshas. When I think about pranamaya, I also think about the connection with nature because when we're in nature, really immersed in it, not just with like headphones on and like, you know, music in our ears or, or that, but really immersed in nature, it really does affect the life force energy that flows and can flow through the body. 
moving further inward. So you're noticing we're moving from the most dense, the most gross elements to the more subtle, the things that you can't see. So if we move further inward, now we're coming into Manamaya. And Manamaya Kosha is the emotional, mental layer of our being, okay? So this is the emotions, the feelings. We're starting to become really aware of our feelings and those sensations and our thoughts even. Uh, again, this would still for me, like there's a heavy element of nature and I do practice Ayurveda, which is very all-encompassing of nature. And so how is our connection to nature? Where is it lacking? Is that affecting our overall vitality? Is that affecting our emotional space? Okay. And what you can see here is that with yoga therapy, what we're recognizing is that we can't separate these parts of self when it comes to healing. We can't just say, I'm going to work on my physical health and that's it. You know, I can't, or I'm only going to work on my mental health and that's it. No, like all of these parts are intertwined. And a yoga therapist will see you as a, a multi-dimensional, multi-layered individual and will help you work with all of these different pieces and parts to facilitate the healing process, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's, I would like to heal my fertility. I would like to get pregnant. I would like to sustain a healthy pregnancy. I would like to truly heal postpartum. I would like to not be in so much pain. I would like to get out of this melancholy or depression state. I would like to stop being so hurried and harried in my life. Like whatever it might be, I would like to love myself. All of this yoga therapy can help. So now we move into the, the, the two much more subtle layers of, of the kosha model. And we're going to move into Vigyana Maya Kosha which is the wisdom layer. That's a translation, uh, the intuitive layer. This is where we're learning to connect. I see that both of these as very spiritual layers, but we're learning how to connect with our innermost wisdom. And a lot of us have been taught to reject it, okay? To not trust our innermost wisdom, to actually more so trust logic and science, things that are outside of ourselves. When science is only now starting to even touch what yoga and other wisdom traditions have been saying for, for many, many years, like you couldn't find research on yoga. I don't know, like 20 years ago, you know, it was laughed at even. And now mindfulness and yoga and breath work and all these things are starting to come more into the quote unquote mainstream. But the idea of intuition is that sometimes what feels right for the heart, what feels right for the soul is very different than what seems logical on paper. And what we're learning to do is actually trust that inner wisdom and build a relationship with it because it is guiding us somewhere and that's soul wisdom. And that's something that can benefit not just us, but our families, our communities, and again, all our societies. Okay. And then finally, the last layer as we go all the way in is Ananda Maya. So Ananda is happy or bliss. Uh, you might've heard of Ananda Balasana, which is happy baby. Okay innermost layer. And so this layer is actually looking at what is our connection to joy? What is our connection to pleasure? Do we have a connection to it? Do we shy away from it? Do we think we need to earn it? How often are we in those states of bliss and of pleasure? And it's so interesting because I can guarantee you that whenever I was in any office for postpartum, for, for especially for fertility, for anything that had to do with my anxiety, nobody was asking me about my relationship to energy, intuition, or bliss. No one no doctor, no physician, uh, no specialist, even very few mental health therapists. They were not asking those specific questions. And listen, I am not 
I'm not dogging allopathic medicine or mental health. Those are paths that have helped me in different areas. They have helped me because I did this work too. They didn't help me on their own. And that's my journey and it may be different from yours, but I want to be very clear that you facilitate your healing, not somebody else. Okay. They can be guides and teachers and support you, but that's it. That's the idea is that you learn to have this agency, this authority, this sovereignty. And so in a nutshell, that's yoga therapy is, okay, let's look at all these pieces and parts of an individual. For me, when I'm working with uh, one-on-one, I work in an intake process. When I'm working with a group, I actually guide on how you can do this process yourself. And then we have live calls to talk about it. And it's beautiful and it's deep. And one of the things that I want to share is just because you assess these different areas and you start practicing meditation or mantra, or you start practicing yoga asana, doesn't mean that you're going to feel happy and blissful all of the time. That is a very big misnomer of the meditation, breath work, um, even holistic you know, world is that when you do this, you're going to feel good and happy and you will feel good. I have no, no doubt that you will feel good in your movement practices. You'll feel better in the morning. You'll feel better in your body. It's also going to unearth the darkness, the things that are below the surface, the things that you don't want to face. And we need that because the only way that we can actually move into places of healing is to move through the painful parts, the challenging parts. And so that's where I often say, this is where the yoga is getting good is when you're like, oh, wait, like that's a belief that I have about myself, but is it mine? Or I've been operating in this way for years, but is it actually helpful? Or wait a second, I don't know if I want to continue on with these relationships with friends or with colleagues or with maybe even my partner because they're not actually serving me in the way that I deserve or in the way that actually feels uh, reciprocal, right? Like there's so many things that can come up. So I want to be honest with that is as you really go into yoga therapy journey, the work is deep and it's beautiful and it's necessary because those pieces and parts, once we excavate and work with them and explore them, they can be released. Okay, they can go back to wherever they came from and it'll stop taking up space in your mind, in your body, in your heart, right? Ah, okay, more tea. Ayurveda, I won't talk about this as much, uh, mainly because I focus on the yoga therapy path and I have trained with Ayurvedic practitioners and teachers but I only practice certain things in Ayurveda, but essentially where yoga is about accessing the self, okay? Ayurveda is about really supporting the body, like really supporting the health of the physical body. Again, it's it's one of the sister sciences of yoga. It has a lot to do with nature, the five elements, a lot to do with what foods will support your unique constitution. You can look up more about this or write to me if you want to learn more. Everybody has different um, mixes of, of elements in their body. Some people might have more fire and water. Some people might have more earth and water. Some people might be completely air and, and ether. Okay. I do teach about this in my mentorships pretty extensively. Uh, but the idea is that for yoga therapy and, and Ayurveda, there isn't one treatment plan fits all, or there isn't one treatment plan for every condition. Like you're not giving somebody the same protocol to get pregnant or to stop their chronic headaches or to bring back their period, or you're not giving somebody the same protocol because everybody is very different. 
And so you're offering suggestions, you're offering treatment plans uh, based off of the individual. And then in my, in my group work, it's like, here is a buffet of things. Let's talk about what might work for you. And then let's talk about my, what might work for you. And let's actually discuss together and see that while we are all so similar, we're also very different because we have different physical forms, different environments different ways that we move through the world and all of it. I feel like beautiful is the word of the podcast. All of it is beautiful. Okay. So I apply yoga therapy and Ayurveda, not exclusively, but mostly to the perinatal continuum. So getting pregnant, conscious conception, which I have a whole podcast on already. I apply it to, that would be maybe healing fertility, but maybe you just want to be really conscious before you decide to get pregnant to really prime your body for a healthy pregnancy, right? And for a connection with your baby. Maybe you want to heal your fertility. So maybe you've been really struggling. Maybe you've been through multiple rounds of IUI or IVF. So I apply yoga therapy and Ayurveda to, to fertility and infertility. And it's really beautiful. The results that I have seen that the people I've worked with have seen I apply it to pregnancy. So much is happening during pregnancy. And the big part about pregnancy is that you get choices. You get to decide not everything, but a lot. You can't plan the complete outcome of your birth, but there's things that you can decline. There's things that you can ask for. There are people that can support you. And I teach all about that as well as how to feel really good in your body, how to connect with your baby, how to prep for labor and birth, sort of, because you can't really prep for it. It's more about learning how to surrender, but we do that. And then I also really focus on healing postpartum and what postpartum can and I really think should look like. And when I say should, I hate the word should, but uh, we really neglect women, mothers, birthing people postpartum, especially in the Western world. Well, I'll say especially in the in the states where I live. There are other parts of the Western world that do it much better, <laughs> much, much better. And then I work with mothers after after that period of postpartum, which I see the initial primary and secondary years of postpartum being up until five to seven years postpartum. So not six to eight weeks, not even a year. It's a much longer process. And then truly it is for life. So I apply all of this to that work. And this isn't a podcast about what is perinatal yoga therapy, because I'm going to continue to do episodes about it. But this idea, again, it can't be new. It has to have been applied for thousands of years. But this idea of perinatal yoga therapy is a word that I've really used, brought, I haven't created, it's really come to me and I've let it come out into the world as a way to support individuals in this continuum because I don't really see anyone else doing it yet. I hope that it becomes a burgeoning field and that we can work with, and I have started working with uh, hospitals and fertility centers. And I worked with a NICU last year to support the parents of the children that were in the NICUs with yoga therapy and that we can cross these uh, borders, if you will, these boundaries of modern medicine and even academia to really bring yoga therapy into the world in a way that is also holistic, that I do individual, I do group work, but that I also can really affect some of these bigger systems and maybe even build new ones. That's my, my dream. So I hope that this was interesting to you. I hope that you'll write to me if you have questions. Um, my email will be in the show notes and also in the show description because I do really want to hear from you. So if you do have questions, let me know. 
And I'm excited to continue on to have more conversations about pregnancy and birth and postpartum and fertility and women's health, maternal well-being, and how I see it through this incredibly vast and also so specific lens of yoga therapy and Ayurveda. I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day. I hope that you will share these episodes, this podcast with someone that you love. And if you think about it, because this is how I think this is new to me, but this is how these things get shared, uh, that you'll give us a a nice five-star rating. I do the recording. My husband edits. We do it in between nap times and pre-K and dogs sleeping on the floor. (laughs) So I would really appreciate that to, to share this work and to support more women, mothers, birthing people, and parents. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I will talk to you soon.